do you seem so scared? All I wanted to do was play with you. Welcome to Terror Tracks. We publish new episodes every Monday at 2 a.m. EST. Go to terrortracks.com slash shop if you would like to support the show. And follow us on social media at terrortracks.com slash follow. Enjoy the show. Chapter 3 Hall's Drugstore I walked up to the downtown district, looking around at all the old landmarks. Hall's Drugstore, Charlie's Tavern, Ben's Ice Cream Shop, and Valentine's Hardware. They all looked like they were still open. I was amazed. With so few customers, how could they stay open this long? The neon sign on Hall's Drugstore said, Open. I had fond memories of Mr. Hall's Drugstore. Every time I went, he gave me a lollipop while my parents waited. He was a white man in his late 60s. He always wore suspenders and a fancy button-up shirt. His wife, Edith, died long ago from cancer. God rest her soul. She was ten years younger than Mr. Hall. She tended to the storefront and was blind in one eye. Every time I walked in there, she would throw up a hand, but not say much. They didn't have kids. She had a hysterectomy when she was in her 30s due to a cancerous cyst they found. Mr. Hall was always upbeat, though. He would greet us with a warm smile. If one of us ever needed school supplies, he gave them to us for free, happily. I missed him and wondered if he still owned the place now. He had to be in his late 70s and retired by now, I thought. I opened the door, the bell rang, and it brought me a wave of nostalgia. Everything seemed to be in the same place, and I could hear Mr. Hall singing to himself behind the counter. I walked through the store looking at everything and figured I would pick up some aspirin. It did bring me nostalgia, but at the same time, being back here brought unease for what laid next. Hello, sir, can I help you? A frail voice said from behind the counter. Hey, is that you, Mr. Hall? I asked. Sure is. What's your name, Sonny? I'm Rick Levin. Do you remember me? You've grown quite a bit since I last saw you, son. So how's your mother? She died a while back. So did Dad. That's a shame. They were some of my favorite customers. I'm glad you're here. I haven't seen a soul in Norcastle in the last couple years. I stay here tending to the shop just in case. It's not like there's much else I can do around here at my age. What do you know about the murders that took place here? Not much, son. It's been so long ago. All I remember is the people started thinning out left and right. Once everybody was gone, all that remained were me, Andrew Valentine, Charlie, and a few others. We keep the place up and running in case anyone ever passes through. Few ever do, though. Even if they did, I wouldn't really know. I never leave the store anymore. How did you survive? I tended to my shop. I guess the crazies that rampaged through the city didn't find an old man like me as a target. This strange fella did come in recently, though. He carried a large scythe. Looked like a reaper. A reaper? What do you know about him? Not much, to be honest. Only met him about once or twice. He'd come in looking all scary, then disappear. Strange. I guess that's just how it's supposed to be. One day, I'll be with my dear Edith again. I've been lonely for a long time. How long are you staying? Long enough to solve this case. 
That'll take quite a bit of time. Mr. Hall faded away. The inside of the store began to shift. It was completely abandoned. What the hell? Where did he go? I said. The place was destroyed. I looked around for Mr. Hall, but he was gone. By the looks of it, the place got ransacked by junkies looking for an easy score. Whoever got in and stole the drugs must be a millionaire by now. Vicodin, Adderall, you name it, the pharmacy had it. The shelves were empty, broken, and dirty. A vision flashed before my eyes. 1950s music played from the old-timey jukebox in Hall's store. He had gotten old. He wiped the counter down. I could tell only by the window panes that no one had come into his store in a long time. But everything else was immaculate. A car pulled up and three guys got out. They went into the store and held it up with guns. They began bagging all the medications and robbed the till. After they were done, they shot Hall dead despite his cooperation. The three men ran out, jumped into their Ford Explorer and tried to take off, but the engine wouldn't start. The wraith appeared in front of the car and smiled as it lit ablaze, cooking the three robbers inside. The car exploded, damaging the front of the shop, blowing out the window panes and knocking the door off of one hinge. I came out of the vision gasping for breath. <sighs> what the hell was that? Is that what happened to Mr. Hall? I said. I walked around the store digging through old empty medicine bottles and receipts. With every step, I heard a sticky, gross sound. The sound you hear from a movie theater floor. I felt sad reminiscing about how vibrant it had once been. The soda machine in the back was knocked over and empty cans littered the floor. The only merchandise left were greeting cards. I guess when the murders happened, nobody thought to grab a get well soon card for anyone. The counter at the front was covered with a thick, shiny film, like a coat of fresh varnish or a coke that had been spilled. Behind the shelves, I heard someone moving around. I didn't know if it was another junkie or maybe a new owner cleaning the place up. I drew my pistol in case it was the former. All right, buddy, come out from behind there. No fancy shit, I said. No reply. Only the sound of sticky footsteps and the smell of sulfur. Hey! I said, come out now. The man paused and came out from behind the shelves. Every footstep sounded like he was walking in snow, sizzling snow. He moved slowly and the room behind him turned dark with what looked like ash. It was the faceless man from before. It walked towards me. With every footstep, it left behind a pile of cinder. Not you again, I said. The demon hissed and stuck out its sizzling tongue. Don't move. It continued walking toward me, smiling. I shot a warning shot into the ceiling. One more step and you're finished. It kept walking toward me, holding out its pale white palm. I raised my pistol and fired twice. No effect. Not even a flinch. It smiled at me and disappeared into a cloud of ash. Where was he? The store was fully ablaze. Boards fell from the ceiling. I ran to the front door and tried to open it, but it was no use. It was locked. The fire spread faster toward me as more debris collapsed. I kicked the door repeatedly. No use. More rubble fell and I ran slamming into the door's glass. It gave way and I landed on the sidewalk hard. I groaned and rolled over to my right side. When I looked back, the door was boarded shut with a sign that read, For Sale. I didn't know what to think. I had so many questions. Was that some kind of hallucination? Were Dyson and Starr right about this place? 
Am I going insane? No, that couldn't have been true. Dr. Moore always said, If you think you are going insane, you're not. The truly insane don't know they are insane. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow us, go to terrortracks.com slash follow. Also, please check out our Patreon where you can get cool merch, writing lessons, and other awesome rewards starting at $5 a month at patreon.com slash terrortracks. See you next week. Goodbye for now.